Welcome to On the Way with Tony Crisp. Each weekday, Dr. Crisp will be discussing biblical passages, people, places, and prophecies. Tune in daily to start your day right and deepen your understanding of how to better walk the way and enjoy the journey. Here's your host, Dr. Tony Crisp. Welcome to On the Way. This is Tony Crisp, and this is Podcast 1040. Well, it's Friday, and it's time to answer some questions. I am going to answer a question today, the very best I can, that is asked in many different ways. Just this month, I have been asked several times this question, and it has to do with what happens to a believer when they die. Now, we're not talking about unbelievers in this session. We are talking about believers. What happens to the child of God when he faces death, when he dies, what happens to that believer? And so I'm going to deal with that. And then a question specifically that was asked that needs to be answered is when we leave this world, not only where do we go, but do we have a body? And if so, what is it like? Well, I'm going to answer the first part of that question first. What happens to a believer when they die? Now, of course, this is a summary, and that's all it is. I have entire messages on this and have written on it, and so I want to just summarize for you, and I would call your attention to the longest chapter in the New Testament or the Old Testament on the resurrection. When a believer dies... He immediately goes into the presence of the Lord. Now, let's get that first and foremost. The book of 2 Corinthians chapter 5 makes it very clear that when we are absent from this body, we are at home with the Lord. Now, what does it mean to be absent? You see, the word that is translated death in the New Testament is a word that has the concept behind it of separation. When there is physical death, there is physical separation. That is, the part that you can see, the soma, the body, is separated from the suke and the pneuma, the soul and the spirit. You and I cannot discern what is soul and what is spirit, but the Word of God can. The book of Hebrews chapter 4 says, For the word of God is alive. It is powerful. It's sharper than any priest's fillet knife, any two-edged knife. And it pierces even to the dividing of the soul and the spirit. So the soul and the spirit are two. We just cannot have the spiritual wit to be able to discern between the two. But a man is a tripartite being. That is, he is made up of body, soul, and spirit. But for our understanding in this podcast, what I want to get across to you is there's a part you can see and a part you cannot see. And the part that we see, this body, it goes to dust, to the ground, to ashes, whatever the case is. It might be buried at sea. It might be mutilated. Whatever the case is, there is a separation that takes place. Now, where does that soul and spirit go? We know the body is here. The soul and spirit goes to a place where Jesus called Paradiso. Now, again, I have podcasts on paradise. Paradiso is a Farsi word. It's a Persian word. It's not Arabic. It's not Aramaic. It is not Hebrew. It's not Greek. It is Farsi. And that's the language of modern-day Iran because the Iranians are not Arabs. They are Persians. 
primarily. And so when we speak of Paradiso, we are talking about the king's private garden. It was the most safe place, beautiful place, most intimate place where you could fellowship with the king in all the realm. The same thing was true with Nebuchadnezzar in Babylon, with the hanging gardens of Babylon. In the days of King Cyrus, this was called Paradiso. In Hebrew, it is called Gan Ben Eden, that is, the Garden of Eden. And I cannot get into all of that, but I want you to understand paradise is basically the Garden of Eden. The Lord Jesus said to the criminal that was on one side of him, not the one railing against him and cursing him, but the one who rebuked that cursor and repented openly and said, Lord, we deserve what we are getting. You do not. And we know that you are who you say you are. And so, Lord, I'm going to ask you to remember me when you come into your kingdom, because I don't believe this is the end. That's really what he was saying, wrapped up in a bow, if you will. Jesus said, today you will be with me in paradiso. It's literally transliterated into our English language. The word is paradiso. That's not an English word. That is a Persian word. Again, the Hebrew is Gan Ben Eden. It is the Garden of Eden. Today you will be with me in the Garden of Eden. And so the question is, well, what kind of body will we have there? Well, we turn to the body that is described in that great resurrection chapter in chapter 16. I'm going to start reading at verse 35 of chapter 15. But someone will say, how are the dead raised up? And with what body do they come? Foolish one, what you sow is not made alive unless it dies. And what you sow, you do not sow that body that shall be, but it is like grain. It's like the stalk of corn that has a different look, but the seed of that is similar to it. It is a kernel of corn. This is what he's talking about, perhaps wheat or some other grain. But God gives it a body as he pleases and to each seed its own body. And then he goes on to describe what he's talking about. All flesh is not the same flesh, but there is one kind of the flesh of men, another of animals, another of fish and of birds. What he's saying is everything has its own order. And there are celestial bodies. Now, that is the Greek word for heaven, celestial is, but it has an epi on the front of it. Now, an epi in this case means on. That's the basic meaning of epi, on or above. But when it is tied to a concept like heaven or a concept like earth, which is translated celestial when it's talking about heaven in this verse and terrestrial when it's talking about earth, it means fit for. There are heavenly bodies that are fit for that particular realm. And there are earthly bodies. That's what terrestrial means. It is the word earth with epi on the front of it, a preposition which intensifies up above. And so he says there are bodies that are fit for the heavens, and there are bodies that are fit for the earth. That's what verse 40 says. There is one glory of the sun. There's one glory of the moon, another of the stars. In other words, everything has its own order. So also is the resurrection. In other words, it has its own order. Now, what you must understand is resurrection only has to do with the body. 
See, there is no such thing in the Bible as soul sleep or spirit sleep at all. It always has to do with the body because that's a physical term. John chapter 11, when Jesus talks about Lazarus, you read that and you'll see that Jesus likens sleep unto death and death unto sleep because the body is in repose. It is lying down. And so when that body is flat on the ground, that is likened unto sleep. That's death. And resurrection is Anastasio. Anastasio. Ana means again or up. And then Astasio comes from Tithemi, which means to stand. And so you put Anastasio together, it means to stand again. And that's a bodily term. You see, resurrection has to do with the body. And so this is what happens when a person dies, there's a separation. Again, that's the basic concept behind death. The word for death is separation. And this is why the Bible talks about the second death. That's the second separation. You see, if a man is only born physically and is not born from above and born spiritually, he will be separated twice. First of all, he will die physically and there'll be a separation. But he's already separated from God spiritually, and if he dies physically, separated spiritually from God, he will experience a second separation, which is a second and eternal separation from God in a place called hell, which was never meant for man, but for the devil, the rebellious devil, Satan, and his angels. And so please, if you need to listen to what I just said again, then rewind it and do it again. Now, rewind, that's that's a very old term. I'm telling my age. And so just go back digitally to what I just said and listen to it again. It's very important because death has to do with separation, separation of the body, the parts you can see from the parts you cannot see. Spiritually, we are separated separated from God, and if we die spiritually separated from God, never having been born from above, then there will be a second death, a second separation, and that will be an eternal separation. But the resurrection has to do with the part we cannot see being reunited with the part that we can see. Now, that is talked about here in 1 Corinthians 15, verse 50. Now this I say, brethren, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God. That means we cannot go to heaven like this, nor does corruption inherit incorruption. Behold, I tell you a mysterion, something that was hidden in the heart of God, but is now revealed. We will not all die, but we all have to be changed. Why? Because we can't go to heaven like this. And that's going to be in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet. And then it goes on to talk about this. Now the companion passage to this this is 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verses 13 through 18, where the word in Latin is actually used for rapture. Behold, I show you a mystery. What is that mystery? That there's going to be a snatching away of those who are followers of Jesus, and the body is going to be reunited with the soul and spirit. So the question is, indeed, what is the body that we will have before the resurrection? The answer is in verse 40. It is a body fit for paradise. Now, we will have our glorified bodies one day, but the Bible doesn't tell us exactly what it is. The only hint that we get is in this same book, 2 Corinthians chapter 12, where Paul said that he experienced, he's talking about himself there. I believe this happened, personally, I believe that this happened when Paul was stoned on his missionary journey and left for dead. 
Remember in Iconium and Lystra, he was stoned, left for dead. They thought he was dead, and then he got up. The Lord brought him back, and he went on. So he had an out-of-body experience. You say, well, now, I'm not sure about Well, that's what it says. So we have to take what it says, not what you think, not what I think. It doesn't matter. It's what God says. I hear people say all the time to me, and this is just parenthetical. Listen to me. This is very important. People say all the time, well, I just don't see how. Well, listen, God doesn't have to make sense to you and your limited peanut brain or mind in order for it to be true. And so we don't have to understand it, but we do have to believe God's word or don't believe any of it. You can't just believe the part you like. And so our minds can't wrap around that because this is another whole realm. But it's going to be a body that is recognizable because the apostle Paul was very much aware of what was going on. He said, I was caught up into the third heaven, into the very presence of God. And he said, I saw things I couldn't even talk about. I experienced so much there, I couldn't even tell you anything about this. I couldn't write it in a syllable or a sentence. It's too much. But he saw and experienced paradise. That's right, paradise, not streets of gold. No, that's coming. What we're going to do as soon as we leave this world, we're going to be at home with Jesus. Where is Jesus? He's in paradise, and he is building a place for us. He's going to prepare a place for us. That's what he said in John 14. He said, let not your heart get into a settled state of agitation. Don't let your heart get all tore up and stay tore up. You trust in God, trust also in me. In my Father's house are many dwelling places. If it were not so, I would have told you. I am going to prepare a dwelling place a room, a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place or a dwelling place or a room for you, I'll come again and receive you unto myself that where I am there, you may be also. And so that is what we call that celestial cube, which is 1500 miles cube. And that is where there's streets of gold. And that's where there's gates of pearl and all that. You say, do you really believe that? Oh, I believe it more than I ever have. The reason is I see more and more the great faithfulness of God and the truth and the veracity of God's word. And so the question, again, that I want to answer is what happens to a believer? I've just told you. Just summary, I know, but there's far more to it than that. But what kind of body will we have there? Well, it's going to be a body that, according to verse 40, is fit for that place. And let me tell you, when God gives us a body, and it is not racked by sin, and it's not racked by sorrow and pain and all that is put upon us here on this earth, then it is not associated with a curse. So it's going to be a body that is going to do us well. Evidently, it's recognizable, just maybe something like what we are now, but we will know even as we are known. When we're in paradise, when we're in heaven, in other words, I'll be known as Tony there. You'll be known as you. You'll be known for who you are. There's a lot more that I would love to tell you, but I'm already 16, 17 minutes into this. There's just so much to say here, but it will be a body that the Bible says is heaven. That's the word there, uranus, and then it has the word epi on the front of it. The preposition, which means on, or in this case, above, or fit for, is the way this would be best translated. Fit for and acceptable to, just right for, that particular season that we will be in until the resurrection and the glorified body. I hope that helps. For On The Way, this is Tony Crisp. 
Thanks for listening to On The Way with Tony Crisp. Tune in every weekday for information on biblical passages, people, places, and prophecies. Fridays are for your questions. Email your questions to questions at TonyCrisp.org. Then just listen for your question to be answered on Friday's podcast. That's questions at TonyCrisp.org. Thanks for listening and have a blessed day on the way.